Here's Gourlamic. Hey guys, welcome back to Who Watches the Watchers. My name is Ian. And this is Kenny. And this is the movie podcast. There's going to be air horns right there, (laughs) uh, right here. And today we're talking about Annihilation by... (laughs) Holy shit. (laughs) Directed by Alex Garland. Uh Uh-huh. Starring Natalie Portman, Jennifer Jason Lee, Tessa Thompson, Benedict Wong. The list goes on Mm -hmm. and on. It's, It's Wong. It is literally Wong, yes. Um, And this movie came out 2018. Mm -hmm. And it's a crime against humanity that I have not seen it until this viewing. Guess that means you liked it? I did like it, yes. Dope. Um, What is your history with this movie? When did you see it? I saw it in theaters when it it was coming out. Yeah, no, I was was pretty hyped for this movie. I thought it looked great. Mm -hmm. I saw it in theaters when it came out. I really enjoyed it. This was probably like my fourth time watching it to be oh, completely wow. honest but i mean every I, I get something different out of this movie every time i've watched it which oh. i also really enjoy um and so to yeah, tell you i've actually even read the book that this movie's right semi based on you know the it's you know the screenplay was adapted by alex garland mm-hmm. um but it was originally written a book based on a book written by jeff vandermeer they're very roughly based on each other but i've read the book because i loved the movie so much uh, just because i really wanted to see the comparisons and difference you know um, um you saying the name the second time mm-hmm. jeff vandermeer um i realized oh i know that author i've uh, there's a book i've been peeping on oh. amazon that I'm, I'm considering buying and i've been considering for a while it's in my save for later cart or whatever you. um but yeah i didn't realize he wrote this from the book. same person yeah that's so cool uh, and so i know that he does a lot of this like exactly like very heavy sci-fi kind of writing mm, very and, wide sci-fi yeah. and i mean that's definitely what this book is but this was my first time watching the movie since i've read the book oh, interesting kind of okay. comparison so that was where it was really neat to kind of have my mind draw the comparisons and visuals in that kind of reverse way you know so yeah. it was a really neat watch and i definitely got something kind of new out of it for that reason you yeah know, so when you first saw it um what was what was the conditions like what was your first reaction did you go in expecting what you got like how did you feel overall first, i mean first viewing i guess you kind of we kind of know you're getting an alien movie even mm-hmm. from the trailer and stuff like that but i don't know if you could be 100 percent prepared for like a lot of what a this, lot of what this movie is yeah. you know what i mean and um i think it's presented visually in an insanely stunning way. I think that's where this movie stands up between the score and the visuals. It just yeah. like leaps out at you from the very beginning, you know, from the moment we get that clip of the, you know, the meteor hitting the lighthouse and you without any, it's like exposition without words and it's yeah. so perfect. You know what I mean? I, I, I have a little bit of qualms with that shot. Why? I feel like we didn't need it whatsoever really i feel like it would have been so much more interesting if you just didn't know where it came from if there was no meteor shot i can imagine the opening of this movie and the continuation of this movie Mm -hmm. never not even like where where uh jennifer jason lee's character says like oh it was a meteorite that landed in the lighthouse Mm -hmm. cut out all of that stuff i think just leave it fully to mystery and to be honest that's 
That's leading the more towards this, exactly, yeah. which there is very little explanation to a lot of what's happening and going on. Uh, from page one, they're already in the shimmer yeah. in the book. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, you never even... <coughs> and the one neat thing about it is that they are just referred to by their positions. There's only four women, is uh-huh. what it is. This is the main. This is, I'll just name the real main differences, besides uh-huh. the obvious storyline differences. But it is a team of just four women, but their never names are never mentioned. It's oh. just the biologist, the psychologist, the surveyor, and the anthropologist. Anthropologist. Wow, and so it's yeah. that's actually super neat. It's re- is there is there a reason in the book why it was an all all female team? Yes, because it's been two years since it's the kind of the same thing in the movie where a bunch of teams have already gone in. Um, they were all probably what was the word I'm trying to military. Say? Yeah. Yeah. It was primarily the military. Mm-hmm. So this is a fully scientific team going in. All that kind of lines up. Um, but there's none of the personal backstory. That's where obviously the movie changes. We don't, there's none of the, the story like that. The entire book is from a journalistically written oh, point of view of the biologist who is our Natalie Portman character. Um, but she doesn't dwell too much on like that, those parts of her personal life so much as like her history as a biologist and like her association to like biology and why it's always interests her as like a kid and things like that. that. Makes sense. Um, but she mentions that they never mentioned their names because it was, they're supposed to just focus on what they're there oh. to do. They shouldn't even be talking to each other about personal shit. You know what I mean? It's uh, there. This, this movie does that also where it's, mm-hmm. it's the idea where it's like these people are going in for anti-personal reasons almost. It's both personal, but also anti yeah. at the same time. No, you know absolutely. what I mean? Um, but yeah, my self-destructive in a way that yeah, nothing yeah. left to live for type yeah. scenarios. <laughs> um, but I mean, let's, yeah. I mean, yeah. But beyond that, the, the, that's where they pretty much fully deviate as far as what goes on in them, right. you know? Um, so I'm going to read the plot summary that yeah. is provided. Um, let me see if I can find one that is written by the studio. No, it doesn't look like. Okay, so uh, a bi- biologist signs up for a dangerous mission, secret expedition into a mysterious zone where the laws of nature don't apply. And so, you know, saying that to anybody, not knowing, not seeing trailers, not seeing posters, not knowing the cast, mm-hmm. um, that sounds pretty dope yeah um and i i think this movie is pretty dope what made you hesitate to watch this movie um i i think lately i don't every time an opportunity arises to watch a movie Uh i choose never to not to ever and for some reason that's just how i have been for like the past five years or something like that i mean you own this on blu-ray for some reason but had yet (laughs) never watched it i got it out of a bargain bin at uh i was with you we're at barnes noble and so i got it because i was like i've always wanted to see this movie and now I own it, so I will have to watch the movie. I love it. Um, and I knew before going into this movie that uh-huh. this was cosmic horror. Got you. That this was something grander than grand. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, with the little bit of knowledge or, you know, the knowledge you did have going in, did you get what you expected from it? You know what I mean? Or Yes. Like- yeah. I got so much of what I had anticipated and... um. Yeah, no, I got literally every prediction <laughs> I, I wanted or had thought before watching the movie kind of came true or came true as I thought about them as they were unfolding in front of me. Yeah, do you feel like it was like predictable in that way? No, or do you feel like no, it still I was just, presented in a way that was just like, oh, this is, this is, yeah, I mean, yeah. they like, that concept they presented 
Mm-hmm. You know, it was sufficient to explain, like, oh, this is the shit that's going to be going on. Right. In here. Um, no, I it, it wasn't predictable. It was that I've been forcing myself to kind of already study the idea of, like, cosmic horror. Yeah. And then this kind of followed along the same kind of guidelines that I don't want to say is cliche or tropey, but yeah. it followed a like an already preset yeah. template of like how a horror movie should unfold. Definitely. I mean, the tropes are tropes. You know yeah. what I mean? We live in a time where everything's going to be at least a little cliche or tropey yeah. at some point. You can pull any movie off of, you know, from the last 10 years and be like, oh, it's like this in this way, you know? Yeah. So there's like, it's a, it's a hard thing to not, you know, to rise above, you know, right. having some kinds of tropes and especially in the traditional storytelling kind of structures, you know? But um, yeah, to jump into it, you want to talk about Lena? Yes. Our, so our, our main lead. character is played by Natalie Portman, and her husband's been gone on a mission. They were both military, uh-huh. and he's been gone on a mission for over a year, mm-hmm. or at least a year. Yeah. And so she has kind of come to terms that he has passed and gone, because it was a secret mission that he didn't talk about, and she couldn't get any answers from any like commanding officers yeah. or anything. Anybody. Yeah. And so she just had to live with the idea that he was dead. And so we see that unfold uh, within a conversation with her. And, and she works at a, I guess, a university. Yeah, she's and, a biology teacher now. Yeah. And so she's... Professor. She, the conversation kind of unfolds with another professor that that's exactly what's going on. And then she goes home and cries about it. Mm-hmm. And that's this is actually where the movie surprised me. I did not anticipate Oscar Isaac to be outside of the Shimmer. Oh, really? Yeah. And so he shows up alive, and uh, she's, like, basically speaking to a ghost because yeah. he can't answer anything. He's like, I don't know. I and emotionless, too. Just, I don't know. I saw your face. You were familiar. And it's just like, whoa, something's wrong. And then he starts bleeding, and he's basically falling apart. And what did you think was going on right here that he maybe had been, like, not possessed? What do you – you'd be infected Um, by, like, you know? I I had predicted that it was not him. Yeah. Oh, just not even him at all. Yes. I've – yeah, kind I mean, of... if your predictions were right, I'm curious <laughs> at, like, what your thought process at this point was, like, maybe he's infected with, like, an alien or no, something I... very, like, alien-esque, you know, or, like... When I when he started bleeding and he couldn't answer any fucking questions, mm-hmm. I was like, this is a facade. He's That's not him. Something's wrong. That's an alien. That's mm-hmm. something else. I thought maybe... No, I, I just knew that it wasn't him, I, and it had to have been an alien. I just lo- I mean... I like that part. It's, like, one of the... In my opinion, just where the cut that cut's kind of funny because he's just like, I don't feel very good, and it's just them in the ambulance. Yeah, (laughs) it's fucking good. It's so good. the The editing in this movie is fucking good. Yeah, it gets the point across quickly, but in a way that's also clean. Mm -hmm. You know, in my opinion, you know. Um, and so from there, uh, the fucking CIA. No, it's not the CIA, but just like top secret shit happens where they kidnap them Mm -hmm. and from the ambulance and. Natalie Portman awakes and is talking to Jennifer Jason. Can you imagine being those two fucking EMTs and that fucking <laughs> ambulance just confused as far? Like, what yeah. is going on? And it's like, what happened to them? Did they just get left there? They had, they had very good dialogue, too. Yeah. There's like, did you order a police convoy? Yeah. You know, like, just all this shit. And, this, and they're like, hey, you can't move him. Like, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah, that's what I'm, I can worry about those two characters. Yeah. I'm like, did they just get left on the side of the road confused <laughs> as shit? Or did they also get freaking drugged and, you know, something dealt with them? Um, another thing that I found very fascinating about this beginning portion of the movie is how fucking quick it 
moved. Yeah. Like, you kind of just get a couple of slow conversations between Natalie Portman and, and Jennifer Jason Lee. Yeah, Ventress. Yeah, Ventress. And then from there, it's literally, here's the team, you're going in. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, Jane the Virgin, come over and hang out with me for a minute. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Here exactly. we are. <laughs> Fuck it. And so they, they, com- they put together the team quick as hell. It was supposed to be a four-woman team, mm-hmm. and then they... They have they Natalie Portman as a tag along. And it's the opposite in the book. They're supposed to have a fifth who abandons oh. right as they're about to walk into the shimmer. They have a linguist. That's and, interesting. And the biologist even mentions that they're like kind of they're not relieved but if anybody to drop out the linguist was the most like acceptable so they're like okay well that's fine (laughs) do you think that's kind of a a nod to the arrival where it's just like oh uh, we know what you're doing with the (laughs) linguist thing you're good homie we don't give a shit about linguists (laughs) um (coughs) oh jesus um but yeah i mean it moves fast um I, it kind of needs to because I feel like the shimmer and everything going on inside of Area X is the the yeah. point, you know what yeah. I mean? So I I and so well, describe the shimmer like it's <laughs> it's a it's a bubble. <laughs> it's it is a bubble. It's like this this ever expanding mm-hmm. thing. Do they talk about how? how quickly it's expanding i know that she, they say it's urgent but they don't yeah i mean she mentions that i i want to say they're probably what like a mile away from it and in a few months it will have reached that point so i'd say maybe like oh, you know it's going maybe sense. every few months it's expanding about a mile in every direction you personally know what I mean? it didn't feel like they did a good job at showing the distance and showing it growing yeah and i don't feel like that that's necessarily important but i for some reason i felt like i wanted it yeah like just kind of like a little bit of time passing where you see okay now it's enveloped that tree yeah you know what i mean there's some evidence that it really is this growing force to be reckoned with um and so our team is a lot of what we said there's do we get explicit like i know everyone has a certain title oh you wrote them down yeah okay so yeah um Sorry if you can't read my shitty handwriting, but so Anya is Gina Rodriguez, yep. and she was a paramedic. Mm-hmm. She's a paramedic from Chicago. Yeah, Shepard is uh, Tuva Nova Nova Novotny. Yeah, Novotny. I'd say yeah. Novotny. Yeah, and she. What was she? So she was, was she the anthropologist. Anthropologist. Okay, yeah, and also military. I believe yeah. right was what we kind of got. I don't think I She's think the one Natalie Portman was, was the, the only, only military. military. Okay, so but she'd lost a daughter was her yeah her main plot point, <laughs> which it was astonishing to me that she, we kind of only got that and there wasn't more to it to her. Okay, that's one thing that I, I'm going to go ahead and break this down yeah. right now. That's one thing about this movie that really irked me was that it did the well we're going to have to pick off every character one by one kind of horror movie thing. Yeah, and that bugged the living shit out of me i thought or i was hoping for we would get a better understanding of why all these characters were so willing to jump into the shimmer yeah and then at the end all of them die because of the cosmic horror and so it was it was kind of a bummer for me to you see. wanted it to a little bit be a little bit more personal in that way yeah i wanted it also to break conventions because yeah. kind of quickly into the shimmer you understand like, oh, there's going to be jump scares because mm-hmm. there is that loud moment where Tessa Thompson gets yanked mm-hmm. into the the sunken house. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I was like, oh, no, this isn't – I was expecting them to treat the cosmic horror as a different type of horror than just 
horror. Like typical, just like jump right. scare, oh, drag you into the water, now right. you're getting eaten by a monster kind of horror. And so, yeah, we, we kind of learn a little bit about each character, but mm-hmm. only crumbs. And so, like, they're they're pretty neat crumbs. Like, you look at these characters and you're like, what is really making this girl, this woman tick? Yeah. You know what I mean? And and pretty quickly, it it's yanked away from you because they ain't going to survive and yeah. we're not going to learn more about their story. But, um, yeah, Tessa Thompson is, she's a also a biologist. She's no, she's shoot. She did something, something with else. plants yeah. or like, no, she was the radio signal. She was like a, something with radios and yeah. things like that. Yeah. She was, was like the, the technology the microwaves and things right. like that is what she was. And testing. then Lena, no, not Lena, but what was it? Josie? She's Ventress. Oh no, Josie is Josie is Tessa, Tessa Thompson. Thompson. Sorry, I wrote Tessa Ventress. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Ventress was a psychologist. I a think psychologist. That's what she was supposed to be to the group. That's right. Yeah, and so we learned that she has ca- cancer. Mm-hmm. Everyone here that joins this team is very much what she kind of breaks down later in the movie is that. They're all kind of self-destructive. I love how we find out how she got cancer, too, which is through nothing oh, from I, her, which is just Benedict Wong. Oh, basically. I missed that part. Oh, really? You, oh, no. We find out that she has cancer. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. When we find out that she does have it through Benedict Wong, just basically, you know, it's just through exposition yeah. from the future. That's the one thing I kind of was bummed out because this movie kind of sticks to that stereotypical the, like, narrative. We'll pick them off trope. Oh, we okay. know Natalie Portman's alive at the end. We yeah. see her alive through <laughs> and, from the very beginning. So and when, they explicitly ask because yeah, it's like a retrospective, like flashback. This yeah. is the full story once she's out of the. I shimmer. think that's the weakest part of this movie is that they do that flashback kind of retrospective. And I always hate when horror or like movies where people are going to definitely die do that because it always lets you know like, well, this person's never truly at stake no matter what you see them going through that's you know? very true that i mean that's the same thing with uh in the mouth of madness mm-hmm. another cosmic horror so true <laughs> we see the like this is how this is how i got it this, this is hole. how i got here yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so. crazy um but i mean yeah we 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 learned that all these characters are are weak and mm-hmm. and they don't tre- technically care about themselves anymore or at least they're willing to you know take on the shimmer mm-hmm. for for you know to sacrifice it's, it's, it's like a self-destructive kind of yeah. tendency exactly they're, they have nothing to live for you know so yeah. they're like why not basically go on a suicide mission be the suicide squad yeah there's <laughs> <laughs> there is one thing that i'm still unsure of how i should feel about which is and that is the very neat trick that they did where once they step into the shimmer we cut to day three and none of them remember the previous days. And we're only able to deduce that because uh, Novotny's food. character is like, according to the rations, we've eaten for three days. Yeah. And so how do you feel about that? Because uh, as a narrative building this, mm-hmm. the structure, I'm sure that they were like, they were asking themselves question. Alex Garland was probably asking like fellow writers and himself, like what would stop this team from stepping in, mm-hmm. hanging out right there at the border for two hours and then stepping right back, back out. out. Yeah. What would stop them from doing that? And that is, well, I have to convince their minds that they need to go deeper and then to yank away the possibility of having to travel back in out because the idea of three days 
in means that, well, we have to spend three days getting, getting out back if out we again. try yeah. to leave. We're now. already this deep, yeah. How does the book do it? They're there because in the book, see, I'm glad you just asked that because once again, this being my first time rewatching a lot of this post reading, uh-huh. it's interesting to see the different <laughs> how Alex Garland kind of like decided to approach the differences that he obviously there's some stuff that would have been very hard to translate in this book, and that being one of them, which is that in the book in order to go through the shimmer they all have to be put under hypnosis by oh, the psychologist and then shit. she puts herself under like a kind of self-hypnosis well, that so she can break that she can break herself and so the psychologist becomes a big theme of the book and the fact that we don't know how much m- power she has over the other characters psychologically because yeah. they've been set up to be put under these types of hypnosis just through like word triggers you know yeah. what i mean and so but she puts them all under hypnosis in order to enter the shimmer so that they can mentally handle it is how it's, it's always oh. explained that if they wouldn't do that they would basically go mad just yeah. by trying to go through the stuff you that know makes I mean? a lot of sense so they basically once again the book starts and they're already kind of in it you mm-hmm. know what i mean they've already been in it for a few days and you so know? do they is there any notation in there where they're kind of like, I don't remember the previous day or something like that? Essentially, yeah. yeah. They, they, it was just kind of like we were, you know, I came to with the group already in the shimmer. You yeah. know what I mean? Already working towards the solution or, you know, towards our goal. So how do you feel about it in the movie where it's just like, Fuck. Amnesia. Yeah. That if anything, traveling through the shimmer creates an amnesia for several days is what I guess we're meant to Because then they don't continue that. You know what I mean? Because yeah, like, you theme. would think in the first three days, it's either they have that selective memory yeah. and that they're like, oh, we've been here for one day. Let's keep moving. We've been here for two days. Or it's like, we've been here for a day. What happened? Let's keep moving, I guess. We've been here for two days. What happened? You know, it's yeah. like 50 I mean, first dates or some shit. The best thing I could almost even guess is that the shimmer itself is like so radioactive or like mm-hmm. so powerful that it maybe like short circuits the human brain. And entering it for yeah. a while and it just created like a short-term amnesia so do you think they're like for, high like, or something like the, the first couple but of one days one thing that you know now lena talks about a lot is that they share these like group hallucinations things they weren't sure if real so it's a, like i think the shimmer really affects everything kind of as a whole is what let's, we let's talk about but that, that a little bit yeah. so they they discover that it's refracted all of dna everything. and so everything is either splintered out and sharing dna mm-hmm. or collectively gaining everything's dna mm-hmm. and so it, it seems like it's a little selective too yeah because tessa thompson when she's picked off in quotes decides to give herself she willingly up. gives herself to it is what we yeah. can learn yeah and so how do you feel about that whole aspect because pretty early on when they were like when uh jennifer jason lee's character asks the dumb question of like can a shark breed with a, with <laughs> yeah. a crocodile <laughs> i was like no, no but this is obviously they're the, the whatever's happening in the shimmer they're sharing dna yeah i knew that from the get the shark gator is the biggest complaint i've heard about that show the, the movie in a way and i totally understand it how is it a complaint though why would there be shark dna in that area that the, make no sense. The the ocean's right there, but I mean, like, the bubble I don't know. reaches you, out. You there. really think that it's like it's just like it's the like, way that and once again because the way yeah. it's being so selective, it's like why would it be refract, refracting DNA from like way over there all the way to an alligator? It's refracting way. all of it. Like yeah, imagine you know I mean? imagine the globe falls yeah. and then it shatters. That's those splinters are all throughout the globe. Yeah. So if the if the meteorite hits at the lighthouse, as much as offshore is 
as much inshore. You think that would be kind of how it is? For That's sure. a good way to think about it. Yeah. It's just, that was the one thing I was like, you think it would have been combining with DNA much closer to itself, you know, yeah. like other creatures around that environment. And see, like, I feel like the, uh, the, and, and Dubla Amaglata, I'm just kidding. What is it from Waterboy? Oblongata. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that aspect of the crocodile has like, no, I want shark, shark throat, please. That makes sense. Like it almost like picked what it wanted. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's like instinctual. You yeah. know what I mean? It's what like, it, it's almost like natural evolution of what is going to make it stronger. It's exactly. finding the, the, the DNA that's going to make it a more powerful species. Do we see any crossbreeding of things like that within the book? No, see, that's what I'm saying. That's oh. is, This is where these they deter very wildly. Where we basically, I'll just mention in the book, we essentially have one monster. But oh. by description is undescribable. I mean, it's, you know, uh, we don't ever have like mutated animals or right. anything like that. That You know, I think that was definitely to just turn the horror kind of factor right. up in the movie. Those elements. And also be something that you can depict on screen. Absolutely. that None of that is reflected in yeah the book, you know. How is the shimmer described in the book? That's a good question. Look, I think I can find that pretty early on. Okay. So let me try to find, <laughs> see if I can find the page that actually describes the shimmer. Okay, so I found the the explanation. It just it it's basically it says instead of it being called uh, or instead of it being an oily iridescent quality uh, in the film, it's merely a dreamy odd plot of perverted biology containing unknowable creatures and a structure called the tower. Yeah, see that's so Jeff Vandermeer in description. <laughs> that's perfect. Um, which I mean is that sounds crazy yeah so i think even even that means it might not even have like a physical bubble or anything right. around and it's just an area that has been more and more affected by this kind right. of like you know um, so that's version <clears throat> that's where I, I brought my own thing uh-huh. that i had looked into because i thought i didn't realize that this book or that this movie was based after a literal book oh, okay i thought it was based after the uh the um what is his name oh fuck why am i drawing a blank now uh the lovecraft the hp oh, lovecraft, lovecraft story um the color out of space oh and so we'll, uh, i'll continue talking about that but let's take a quick break yeah. and then when we come back we'll we'll finish talking about annihilation and all of its uh influences yeah And we're back. Um, so where I thought a lot of Annihilation was like kind of co-opted from was the H.P. Lovecraft story, uh, The Color Out of Space. Which I don't know anything about. I'm not going to lie. And so, yeah, this is like like pure cosmic horror. And it is literally about a meteorite that lands at a well and about a farmer's family that has to interact with the radiation that it like lingers off onto everything. And so I think that might be where Jeff Vandermeer kind of maybe even got his inspiration. Right. Because this, this, um, and then of course, obviously in, in subsequent like 
order, yeah. Alex Garland also oh, yeah, some used of his ideas, ideas. because yeah. in the color out of space, there is the meteorite and, uh, the farmer takes it to a college and they start studying the meteorite and every day it starts like get shrinking and shrinking. And so they finally like chip off some of it and within it is a, a globule that is an undescribable color that pops and then it like there's a like a puff of smoke or something and it's that color and then it vanishes and then the rest of the meteorite crumples away and to where then it's nothing and so for a couple of years after that they were like i don't know it was weird i yeah. don't know it's a weird thing happening <laughs> yeah and it takes place in the 1800s so it's like i can't really do much about it regardless you know what i mean and so the farmer goes home i think his name is like uh uh fuck his uh, their last names are gardner okay and so um his name's like noel yeah. no we'll no him. mr gardner yeah and so he goes home and he has three sons and a wife and like they start to discover that there's these cabbages. So you've that... obviously read this story. Oh, I read it today. Oh shit. Okay. <laughs> and so, uh, they, they discover these cabbages that are starting to look like the globule that okay. was in the meteorite. And they, they're starting to notice that like the environment is like kind of changing and everything's kind of glowing a little bit and their, their fruits and vegetables that they're growing don't taste right anymore. And the water doesn't taste right anymore. And their animals start to like, kind of morph and decay a little bit and so they're kind of freaking out for a while and the wife is the first to like really feel it yeah and she starts like screaming unintelligible shit and so the the father the husband instead of like taking her to like uh, an asylum or something doing anything smart about it just locks her in the attic and so she screams day in and day day night like all 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 the time that's how you do it in the 1800s (laughs) and so he has to like deal with it and like her son his sons are starting to like fall into it and like one of them one of them dies i don't oh one of them starts to fall into the fits of his mother so he locks her locks him in the room across from the attic and he's screaming and then he decays like the animals and they fall apart like like just gray husks basically jeez and so um the two other sons like start talking like madness and they think that they're hearing voices and shit and so they go to the well and they're like we're gonna live in the well now (laughs) and so they jump into the well and they're they're talking about like how there's the moving color inside the well and they don't know how to describe it and it's this moving color that they're obsessed with and they end up like dying in the well and so the father he he ends up starting to lose his mind too and so he's talking to his youngest son all the time, but he's in the well dead. Yeah, he's dead in the well. And so, like, the main character is, uh, like, kind of the second narrator. There's, like, two narrators. Yeah. There's the guy who is, like, the land surveyor, mm-hmm. and he goes to this place, and it's just black. And is he's nothing grows there. And so he goes to talk to the only man that lives on the property who was the friend of the gardeners who is telling the story of oh, the okay. gardeners. And so that guy, his name's like Ami or something like that. He goes to meet the the father of the gardeners and he's mm-hmm. like, What's happening? What's going on? You know what I mean? Like what the fuck, bro? Yeah. Yeah. And so uh he's like the the meteorite changed everything. It changed the whole environment, you know, and like it destroyed everything, it morphed everything, and there's this color that I can't describe. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so the father is like he keeps talking to his youngest son and and 
Ami's like, no, he's not here. He's he's gone, dude. Like, chill. And so he goes up into the attic and he opens the the three other doors are open, but it's the fourth door that's locked, and he opens it up, and the wife's still in there, but she's turned into a something, monster. something that the book literally cannot describe. This the short story, and she's like this fucking like like she's the color basically, and she's like this morphing cloud, and he somehow figured it or the story implies that he somehow figures out a way to kill it and so he kills it but then he hears a splash from the well and so he's like i left my horse by the well and so he's like maybe my horse like kicked a rock into the well or something and so he goes there but he's like he's like too scared to like look yeah. and there's no like all the placement of all the rocks were just the same and like so he goes back to town and brings people to the well and they see the color and basically it's like this frightening thing that they can't describe yeah and it like shoots back up into space or something like that but like years later when the sand land surveyor comes the land surveyor comes he he like interviews ami and like he realizes like oh there's still some color left in somewhere here yeah Yeah. and so it's just this crazy story of like how this color changes the environment and morphs everything and kills everything and and it's almost like Annihilation is a mixture of Annihil like the film is a mixture of the book Annihilation. Yeah, and, and that. And, and this. You're absolutely right when it comes yeah. to like the <laughs> overall plot. Yeah. Thank you for telling me HP Lovecraft's what is it, the color in space? The color out of space. The color out of space. Yeah, which I think is such a sick title. Definitely. Apparently they made that into a movie just recently with Nick Cage, and it's not good. Really? <laughs> I think. How does that guy make so many movies? <laughs> I think it was in response to Mandy. I think because Mandy was like actually critically accepted that. So now are, he's doing a bunch of horror films because he also did a, the freaking Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah. What the fuck? There's a Five Nights at Freddy's? It's not actually Five Nights at Freddy's. Oh. It's not called that, but it is that. Oh. Uh, you don't know what I'm talking about? No, I don't. Here, I'm just going to look up Nick Cage so I can fucking tell you. <laughs> He is coming out in a movie, if uh-huh. it didn't already come out, I wouldn't be surprised, called Willie's Wonderland. And he's hired he's hired as a janitor for a place called Willie's Wonderland to keep to take care of it at night and all of the animatronics attempt to kill him, but he is a badass and murders them back is the premise of the and story. And has it come out? It says 2021. It looks like it came out, yeah. Uh, you can watch it on Prime. Uh, I want to watch well, it. Well, it's $4. Right. I, uh, I want to watch it. You want to watch it? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's got... It's got some people in it, so yeah. I don't know. It looks it looks like something, yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Uh, Color out of space, 2019. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I I think the movie strays a lot from the source material. Just look at the yeah the the poster's crazy. The poster's dope. And so I think the oily iridescent kind of thing is the the, the idea, idea of that... like the color out of space because yeah. it's indescribable and. And it's it's to the point where it's a new color that we have not seen yeah. and we will not ever understand. You know what I mean? Definitely. And so I, I feel like that's where Annihilation does a good job, the book. Yeah. I, I point it over to the book yeah. because it, it they have to do the psychology thing where they have to hypnotize them uh-huh. into going into it because it's like, I feel like if we were to suddenly see this color that 
it does not exist, we would kind of lose our minds yeah. a little bit. You know what I mean? Definitely. And so I feel like this movie's kind of missing some of that cosmic real horror that's so much grander in, in, yeah. in the like, sense. Like the, the more pushing more of the agenda of like, this is stuff that you're not even going to be able to cope with like looking at it you know right. what i mean like visually it's going to break your brain not even just the you know what it's going to do to you yeah but it it's it's interesting because i feel like while this movie literally can't do that because it literally can't show us images that we won't comprehend because yeah. that doesn't exist um or it's not easy to pull off create um it does do a good job as uh, getting us as close to that finish line as possible yeah. I think. so uh, yeah let's just i mean to jump to that a little bit yeah how did you feel about that final presentation of are Bella? we jumping to the end you already to a little bit no we can get him back well because i i, I want to talk about the animals a little bit i yeah. want to talk about the bear which is the big difference like i you know uh -huh. i would say against the book you know that's where alex garland kind of like needed that more visual representation yeah. is with the, like the monsters you know where the book we just basically have one indescribable visual monster you know mm -hmm. they, they exactly the characters essentially can't even describe its form right. because it's just something that's like in incomprehensible and that's only the real evil you get in the book and it's right. what actually you know is the end to all the characters thus that way you know yeah. you never get an alligator shark or you know a, <laughs> yeah a talking bear <laughs> oh my god okay well, actually before we get to the bear let's get to the the empty pool scene yeah, where so the man let's talk about is, the pool scene. is yeah. plastered. Okay, so we see footage of Oscar Isaac mm -hmm. previously Kane. in the in the Shimmer, and they call it the Shimmer in the, in the mm -hmm. book too. Okay, yeah, um, and he is cutting open a man who is willingly allowing him to cut cut himself open. Yeah, he's not screaming no or anything. Like, of course, the other guys are holding him down so they can do it. But there is basically like a willingness in him to have this yeah. operation done. <laughs> and so he's cutting into him with like a pocket knife, and he's revealing his intestines have like turned into a snake mm -hmm. basically. And they're like they've swirled. kind of come to life in their own way. <laughs> yeah, and so there's a there's a visceral reaction that everyone really has from that scene. That scene personally for me was hard to watch. Yeah, definitely. Um, but the, uh, Gina Rodriguez's reaction was both so realistic and such a bummer where it's like, no, it's a light trick. It's not, that's not what we're seeing. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, that's, that is truly how someone would react when seeing that. Who and a tenured, a tenured paramedic would right. even react, you know? And and someone who does not want to believe that that's what's happening. And it just, it's such a bummer because if I were in there with her, I'd mm -hmm. be like, be real for a second. You know what I mean? I'd be the guy that's like, we have to really accept what's yeah. happening right now. Let's you be know grounded I mean? for a moment, yeah. Yeah, while she's trying to be the other side of grounded. You know yeah. what I mean? And so it's just crazy. It's just like, it, it's a, it's such a bummer, but it's so realistic. Yeah. Her, a lot of her reactions in this movie are such a bummer, but so utterly realistic of Absolutely. how a true human would be reacting in this environment. And something I kind of even thought about now is like, you know, we see... We mentioned earlier that we see Tessa Thompson kind of give herself to it and willingly mm -hmm. become that. But we also see, yeah, Gina Rodriguez, you know, uh, her character kind of, or Anya, kind of lose her shit and become the thing that we she kind of fears the most. So I right. wonder if there's like a kind of mental willingness you put yourself through to allow it to change you. Yeah. Do you think it's like Anya's fears of becoming 
what she saw in that video is kind of what like yeah. causes her to like <laughs> become that person in the and group. The, you know what I mean? When she's having her dialogue, because she ties up the other characters. Yeah. When she's having her dialogue with herself, she's fighting herself with that idea. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? She's like, now I'm the guy, yeah. right? You she's know, like, like, are y'all crazy? <laughs> and I'm preventing myself from being killed, or am I the fucking crazy one tying everybody up? Like, <laughs> which fucking one is it? Because that's such a good point too. Like. You think everybody else is going to potentially kill you. What do you do? You tie, you know, do you yeah. protect yourself or, and then does that make you the crazy one? Like it is, a, it was a brilliant argument to kind of put in your right. Gina Rodriguez's character is obviously the kind of the catalyst or, you yeah. know, like then she is essentially our antagonist, you know, I think, way. I think the ball is hugely dropped with Shepard's character. Yeah. Because we get the dialogue of what we need to know about her. Yeah. And then she's taken by us by the taken from us by the bear. And I feel like we're given that dialogue just so when she's taken by the bear, it has that, it has an impact, more emotional yeah, impact. And that's a bummer to me because we didn't get to see that performance for mm-hmm. me, seeing her and her reactions to how Natalie Portman says things or, uh-huh. or whatever. I feel like there's so much that she is actually playing that we don't get to, understand what her real motives are or whatever she's basically a grieving mother and she's okay with not she's kind of just someone that natalie portman bounces dialogue off with for a few scenes yeah (laughs) and then she and then she dies yeah Yeah. it's just it 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 bums me out Mm because like i feel like there's a couple of cut scenes that we could have gotten there's like missed potential there yeah for sure um, with that. And it makes me laugh that that bear sneaks up on them so easily. <laughs> they're all standing out in an open ass field. And they're yeah. like, where is it? And they're like, don't see anything. And it's just there. It's just on top. I'm like, it's a big ass bear. I think in the editing room, they yeah. could have darkened that scene a little bit more. They could have darkened it. And I don't know. It's like, why would you not be standing in the box? Also yeah. that, you know what I mean? Why would you be out? They're like, something's in here with us. And you're like, yeah. well, I'm just going to stand out here in the open. <laughs> um, like it, it, there, it looks lit well mm-hmm. enough that where it, That'd be fine if she was standing out there in the open because you would be able to see something hulking like that before it yanks you. You know what I mean? I read probably the first 10 pages of the book before I rewatched the movie for this podcast. And one thing that made me laugh is that they, she talks about everything they bring with them and how like they can't bring in any like compass or like any modern technology with them. So that was something that the movie obviously distracted. But something else that made me laugh is she's like, we brought a small locked vault of handguns and one assault rifle like reluctantly she's like we were and i like against our will they made us bring an assault rifle so the fact that they all came in like ready for war in this you know it kind of made me laugh you know that it's those very deviated ideas the trailer with them all geared up Mm -hmm. walking into the shimmer is a good like especially for american audiences Mm -hmm. that's such an interesting visual to mm-hmm. see you know what i mean a bunch of uh you know because like action movies horror movies you usually see well horror movies not so much but action movies you see the men with the guns yeah walking into danger but these are not only women holding guns but they're walking into an unknowable bubble yeah, a horrible an unknowable danger in yeah, a way exactly yeah. and so it, for american audiences i feel like this is a fucking striking Why i was visual. Drawn, drawn to it yeah. <laughs> um but yeah we get we get deaths. Gina Rodriguez also dies from mm-hmm. the bear. So the bear kills two. Yeah, he kills Shepard and he kills uh, Anya. Oh, the scene where... I just want to bring it back to the yeah. shark crocodile real quick. The scene where Natalie Portman gets down and, and like militarizes like and shoots the fucking alligator mm-hmm. was pretty dope. Um, I thought for some reason it was going to... 
show us something stranger than just extra teeth the in extra its teeth throat. In you know it, what I mean? Yeah. So that's where I, I think my expectations fell a little bit short on that one. But you, it, it's obviously ramping up the horror yeah. as we go into the story. See, and same to kind of mention that in my own way uh, uh-huh. with the bear. When we find Shepard's body, it's like ripped out her, her throat and her, the lower half of her face and stuff. And so when it we see it later on and it's literally using her voice to uh-huh. like attract them. I was like, that's so cool. It like ate her and, vocal cords and, absorbed, and that. absorbed that, that power from her. But then it's kind of later mentioned that it was more of like, it like psychologically, she like psychologically transferred right. into it. And that was like part of her like trapped that last thought yeah. of her trapped in it. So I was like, I, yeah, it's like, which of those do you think, you know, it's probably think, more, I think it's a mix of that. The I think two things. Cause it also rips out, Anya's the same part. It like eats like that same jo- part of her, her jaw too. Yeah, it's like her jaw and her Ugh. throat. It's like it's after the vocal cords or something. One you know? thing that was weird about the bear is that it it doesn't kill for food. Mm-mm. It's killing because it just has to for or noise almost. Yeah, yeah, it's just killing anything it can hear. His own. But way. yeah, the idea that like. It's also like a zombie bear, which is something that's very deviated from the alligator, which is obviously just a mutated living animal. But I mean, right. this thing's like this, uh, it's missing it's, its like whole like scalp. And yeah, it's terrifying. It has the 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 human skull bulging out of its own skull. Did it's you like, notice that? It's like maybe this was like a bear carcass that has almost been like re brought to life in a way. Well, because or... we see the two deer. Remember, mm-hmm. they're like mirror images of these white deer with like mm-hmm. these flower branches and one of them's dead best scene in the movie <laughs> <laughs> and they prance off together one of them's living and one of them's dead and it's it's kind of mirroring or foreshadowing that like we're gonna get duplicates mm-hmm. and one of them lives and one of them dies you and know it what kind I mean? of ties back to what we see at the very beginning of the movie which is the uh, the osmos the splitting yeah. of cells and then it creates duplicates of each other and that i think really is what alex garland tried to go with in this yeah. theme you know is like the idea of duplicating cells of you know everything being an, a copy of a copy of a copy yeah know? definitely um this movie is Visually dope. Uh, the scene, I want to bring it back to the bear just one more time. Yeah, no, ba- bear it up. <laughs> the bear, like, because the women are still tied up when Gina Rodriguez goes outside when she hears the yeah, screaming. Yeah, first year shepherd screaming. Yeah, and, and she's, like, off screen assumed to be dead yeah the the bear puts it its mouth on tessa thompson that was probably the most terrifying scene in the whole movie for Think me so. <laughs> because the like natalie portman's like don't react you know and the bear's just kind of sniffing around and it does the alien kind of thing where like the alien gets real close to ripley but it's <laughs> like that's the like the movie does tropes but it does uh, does go, it good yeah. yeah and so it it puts its like whole mouth onto Tessa Thompson's shoulder. And, oh, like, it like starts to bite her, and really. it like kind of grabs her, and it's just like, what is this thing's thought process? Because we see Shepard's body dead, and yeah. it's not eaten; it's just mauled. Yeah, you know what I mean. And so it's just crazy to me. To, to this is the perfect kind of villain for this, where it's like you don't know what this thing is going to do or wants. Well, yeah, you know we I mean? don't have no idea why it's even attacking or killing. It's just a monster, really. But I think it's in anguish, and that's why it absorbs the screams of Shepard because those are screams of anguish. It's you know own what I mean? anguish. Yeah, I mean. yeah. Uh, that's. I want to talk about this just overall. Yeah. Um, whenever people are like screaming in anguish, I it's so hard for me to watch. Like, uh, like when she was being dragged by the bear. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's You're just like, oh. Uh, well, I'm not gonna lie. Literally, when the snake guts scene was happening, uh-huh. I was like, I'm, I'm gonna play on my phone. I don't, wanna, I don't want to see snake guts right now. <laughs> like, I don't feel like I call it. Was calling it snake guts. Yeah, because I mean, like, exactly. That stuff's hard for me to see. You know, I'm not a big gore person, yeah. and so visuals like that can be very powerful. And exactly, like. It's it's not even what you're seeing so much as imagining it, you know, yeah. imagining it in a realistic environment exactly. and how horrifying it would be for you, you know. So it's just like Ooh. you want to you want to lead us into the ending. Geez, the ending, huh? Yeah. So Gina Rodriguez dies in the bear with yeah. the bear. Um, Tessa Thompson gives herself up to the shimmer. Yeah, and then Ventress just decides like she's I need go. to get there before I go so crazy from this shit that I'm not me anymore. Right. She's like wants to be the same person she is, and so we kind of have a moment with Tessa Thompson and uh-huh. Natalie Portman where Tessa Thompson or you know Josie is like, well, she wants to face it and you want to fight it, and she's like, I just kind of want to fall into it i yeah. guess is what i would say her plan yeah. is and so she just kind of walks off and just and oh we see we didn't even mention the plants with the hawks the human hawks genes yeah. which is one of the most visually beautiful things in this movie <laughs> it's such agree. a such a cool idea and something that you know what give it another couple hundred years and we'll probably be doing you know adding mm-hmm. human hawks genes to plants and stuff so that they grow in a human body structure you know i think that might that's how it might work yeah i mean i'm sure there's tech i'm sure that there's like a semi-science to that you know what i mean like that they the quick explanation to a deeper science obviously but i'm sure there are ways that humanity they look at the technology now but i'm sure there's ways that that could be done and i think that's such a cool like heavy sci-fi kind of idea of like just editing plant dna to where it could grow like imagine if we had that we could just plant a bush and it grows into the yeah. shape of a you know of that's an terrifying. elephant or something <laughs> you know because it just knows that that's the shape it wants to be in that's you know? utterly terrifying i think that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> i think that's the right kind of future you know um but so ventress gets to the lighthouse mm-hmm. before natalie portman yeah i did not anticipate that no i didn't anticipate i knew that something big was going to happen in the lighthouse Mm -hmm. um how do you feel about how long this ending sequence kind of is because we see we have big three big endings Mm -hmm. in a row we have we get to see oscar isaac's ending i'll even say that you know what i mean and then we get to see ventress's ending of like morphing into the thing Mm -hmm. and then we see we have four endings because then we have the big dance that's like right out of Black Swan. Mm-hmm. And then we have the true ending of like explanation and in quotes resolution. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So how do you feel about each of these pieces as kind of like the whole ending? Yeah. How did you feel as a first time watcher? You know what I mean? Like, um, you know, this is I've seen this, you know, a few times now. And so like, you know, seeing Oscar Isaac and his sacrifice once again, I like that he's the first human duplicate we truly get to see. And I right. like the idea that if obviously given enough time, she herself would have gotten the same kind of duplicate out of right. the situation. And it's just like the fact that he's gone too mad. He's like, well, there you go. You can just go take my place. It's kind of like that crazy person mentality in the yeah. end. Um, and I mean, just that, that powerful shot of him be already being sat there. And so when she finally watches it on camera, it just really pulls the, pulls you into together. it. Yeah. yeah. It's terrifying. Um, but I think, I think the whole part with Ventress is probably like, oh, like, oh, really? Like, like, I mean, like, unnecessary, I guess, is my point, is even what I would say. Like, I, don't I know. think that that's my favorite. With all of, well, explain that then. What is because you... she is, she's obviously given herself up to, to it. this thing. She goes deeper into the well, mm-hmm. um, and she goes into basically what the meteorite has grown out into, which is this 
like home Room. base yeah. of the mother of this shimmer mm -hmm. and it it like she allows it into her and she see we don't get to see any of that you know what i yeah, mean we just see her sitting there already. i feel like the room already looks kind of like it's very green screen mm -hmm. at this point and it's not visually good for me until she like expands well see that i guess that's my problem that's what i'm saying that whole part i could kind of live without because exactly it feels very like like black box black, like, yeah i mean like a set piece yes, you know what yeah. i mean exactly and so she like exudes herself out from it and becomes like the color out of space yeah. pretty much and yeah. she it's i think that that part is the most beautiful part mm -hmm. to me i love oh, well, everything after she throws up is <laughs> top notch and i and i do like her dialogue leading up to it, which is her describing that it doesn't even have motives but it will take over our planet and right. cause annihilation is what yeah. she says before yeah finally erupting into it you know what i mean which i, I think annihilation is such a beautiful word mm -hmm. it just sounds so like heavy yeah. and like ginormous yeah. you know what i mean um but i don't want to be killed i want to be annihilated <laughs> <laughs> do you know what they call in britain do you know what they call uh, a horse that can't run anymore once they kill it they call it destroyed <laughs> They say, oh, what's the status of, you know, like Tommy's big finger or whatever yeah. the horse's name is. Like destroyed. It destroyed. Currently destroyed. And it's like, oh, fuck. Shit. Will Jesus. it be undestroyed later? <laughs> <laughs> Zombie horse? Um, but yeah, she becomes the color out of space mm -hmm. and it's it's beautiful. And I love the way it like Natalie Portman meets it mm -hmm. because it the the preceding endings elude that oscar isaac has also yeah because it that Be the it color out of space like is birthed out of another mm -hmm. and then becomes a clone of the other yeah and so we see uh of morph man yeah <laughs> come together and natalie portman shoots it and it has tendrils it like mm -hmm. caught all of the bullets, the bullets just kind of yeah. Yeah, get thrown off in other directions and well and all those the scent when she's looking into it like this oh, is what i was yeah. talking about for barrier this is what i imagine the alien sound like that all that boom, yeah. you know all that, that <laughs> yeah. sound that's what i read when i saw them was those exact kind of sounds that's and funny stuff that it kind of shows when she's just staring into it you yeah know what i mean so that to go back to the earlier in the week when we we're talking yeah. about that that's what i meant <laughs> was that sound <laughs> um but yeah i mean it's it's so cool i feel like the whole ending dance scene mm -hmm. was a performance because like the sh it mirrors her and, and they, see there's one part in that whole sequence that bothers me just a little bit because it breaks away from our understanding of how things work which is that that she freaks out when she shoots it and it all reflects all the bullets and she runs back up the well and it somehow beats her to in, the top it's already the up there and it's like how they does there's no no real explanation on how yeah. it teleports itself there. That's if it, true. If it is this physical being that it's created like her, you know what I mean? Maybe. So maybe it hasn't fully, I guess, formed itself physically yet. I guess so. Because if it can, I don't know, it's like if the bullets hit it and it did that, then obviously it's something semi-physical, you right. know? So that was one thing that I was like, I don't know why they did that, you know? Yeah. That is kind of weird. Um, if it would have just been like right behind her and like kept up with her perfectly or something in a way that we just couldn't see it running right behind her, that would have even been like, oh, that's kind of scary, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, but beyond we, that, yeah, it's a very weird kind of dance sequence we get. There's, where... there's one part of it that I'm bothered by, which is where she strikes it and it strikes her back mm -hmm. and then she's knocked out and we kind of black out for a minute and then come back. Like we didn't need to have any of that. No. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, 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 it 
improperly shows time. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it for some reason fractions it. And then we can't, we didn't get to see what is actually happening, which is, I think once it's, she, it kind of pins her against the door and it's kind of upsetting yeah. to watch. Yeah. It's like crushing her against the yeah, door. But it also like has a lot of implications of like something forcing you to do something you don't want to. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's, it can be heavy for a lot of different yeah. reasons. It can be reminiscent for a lot of different people for a lot of different things. I understand what you're getting at. Yes. Yeah. And so it, 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 I feel like right then and there, it truly transfers and understands what she is and going through more than what the previous version did for Oscar Isaac's character. Because after that, we see her give it a phosphorus grenade and she slyly once again seemingly transports trans like yeah like teleports almost quickly enough to get out of the room before the phosphorus thing kills it and then she is now with benedict wong in the future yeah you know what i mean she got out of the shimmer somehow and so the ending part of this movie is her asking to see her husband and she asks him, are you Kane? And she, and he's like, I don't think so. And then he asks, are you, what Lena? is her name? Lena. And she doesn't answer. And both of their eyes. Like change, super shift colors. Change yeah. to colors. And so my reading of this is that just like how it teleported up out of the black room into the main lighthouse room. Mm-hmm. That was it as her teleporting away from the phosphorus grenade after it transformed her into it. Oh. And left her, her to die like with that. him by a phosphorus grenade. Yeah. It's as, like almost poetic that they yeah. die together that way. And so because it was able to spend so much more time with her and be able to hug her against the door for mm-hmm. so long, it was able to truly understand all of her and everything, unlike the un successful copy of, of Oscar, Oscar Isaac. Isaac's character right that's such a good idea yeah. that is my reading of no that's a good that's a good interpretation <laughs> of it that's better than probably anything my brain's put together in four watches of the movie you know what I mean but I mean that's uh, I mean on an explanation on how it's not her right but is her in the end you know right. what I mean so no that's actually a really good way to think about it and like I would think maybe that time where she passes out even has something to do with that because right. we see it standing above her while she's unconscious but as she's coming to it then lays down to begin mimicking her so maybe even just in that time of unconsciousness because i think we get a small clip of of her with oscar isaac she flashes back to something in that moment so maybe it's that memory in and of itself that it gets and it kind of gets that that empathy for her that's when it's like i i get you now this is like this is everything maybe i should yeah maybe these emotions are you know what i should be feeling (laughs) okay now i want to talk about the biggest fault of this movie for me what's that and it's prevalent because we didn't talk about it for a single second throughout this it. movie. She cheated on him. Oh, I know. We avoided it. Yeah, the silly, unnecessary story arc of this. Which Why makes... couldn't he have just been depressed? Yeah. Why did it have to be like, oh, she doesn't love me anymore. I'm going to go into the shimmer. Why couldn't he have just been depressed? People have, have depression yeah. for no reason. Well, and see, we never even directly know if he knew. I mean, she says yes, but we don't even really know that or if it's just her own paranoia. It's just something that didn't have anything place in the movie i think that that to to have to explain a a broken man's depression is a fault in this movie for me i can agree because i i struggle with depression and it's not rooted for any real reason tangibly and especially nothing or or if anything yeah nothing tangible or nothing 
big. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you can get depressed over stupid little fucking shit. You know right. what I mean? Easily. So I no, but like sometimes I just feel depressed for no reason, and Absolutely. it hurts. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And so for this movie to have to be like, yeah, but he's a soldier. He has to have a like a basic understanding or a basic reason for yeah. being depressed. Is it... no, there has to be a reason this guy said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so it's just like it. It bums me out a lot, and that's the part of this movie that I would cut before cutting the. And you could literally cut it out. You could. Yeah. Literally cut that entire concept of this movie out and it would work better. I agree yeah. with that wholeheartedly. That it's I it's, think cutting that and cutting the meteorite, I think this movie would be like yeah. superior. I think that's the one part that's truly just like juicy American cinematography content. <laughs> yeah. We've gotta have some sex appeal. There's exactly. gotta be Natalie Portman's back in a couple of scenes, you know what I yeah. mean? Like I literally would blame it pretty wholeheartedly on that. Yeah. And coming from, I mean, not to talk badly on Alex Garland, but it makes sense in his career that oh, he yeah. would have kind of that little bit of sex appeal yeah, with the, added into the... With you know, Ex Machina, yeah. Yeah, with Ex Machina and Dread, if you've never seen it. I that's, haven't seen Dread. Yeah, Dread's definitely got some... We should uh, add that to the list, because that's a, that's a comic book movie. That's a Patrick movie as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we can Dread it up if you want to. I've watched it pretty recently, and it was... That's um, Carl Urban, right? Mm-hmm. Carl Urban and uh, Cersei from Game of Thrones, whose name I can't think of right now, but she's the antagonist oh. in the movie. And so okay, that's cool. the two pretty, yeah, pretty important faces leading the front of it. And it's good. It's wow. definitely, it's not great, but it's, it's an action flick, you know? Damn. So Carl Urban was in The Boys. He was in The Boys, and he was also in Thor Ragnarok. And The Lord of the Kings. I'm trying to put together how many comic book movies oh, he's I see been in, or comic book things. Because so Star Trek doesn't count. He was in Doom. Chronicles of Rig- Riddick doesn't count. Lord of the Rings doesn't count. Did you say Star Trek doesn't count? As a comic book thing. Oh, he was in Red. That's a comic yeah, book. he's in Red. Holy shit. He's done a lot of comic book shit. He's in Pete's Dragon. That's a comic book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm sure there's more that I'm missing. Oh, apparently yeah. he does a voice in Batman Death in the Family. That's a comic book. Holy shit. He's in a lot of comic book shit. Comic books are taking over the world, man. Dude, Carl Urban's taking over comic books. <laughs> it is. Okay. Um, so, is do you want have any ending remarks before we do our ratings? No, I mean, I I really like this movie. Mm-hmm. I, it's something I actually bought for this watching and now own on 4K, and mm-hmm. we'll watch it many more times probably yeah. in my life because it's a great watch. The visuals and the cinematography, or the the cinematography and the. Uh, soundtrack are oh yeah so on point and they definitely get the the emotions that i think this movie pushes across and it it you're right it is a very tropey horror movie in a lot of ways but in a lot of ways there's no movie like this you know it just has to have that structure to be followed well i think is what it comes down to so but i think this movie is very unique in some ways and has visuals that you're not going to find done quite this well in a lot of other places the practical effects in this movie are fucking top notch that fucking sprawling man across the pool oh god amazing right gorgeous i wish very last of us-esque which made me think of a lot Mm. of that part you know it looks almost like a fungus or a virus that has really taken over him and so that's where i those visuals and but i love the vibrance of color in it you know the fact that it's just like every color you can imagine just splattered across this fungal that Mm -hmm. just ripped this man apart it's beautiful i wish it wasn't so it's it's so beautiful because it's so hard to look at at the same yeah. time. You know what I mean? Like I want it as my my background on my phone, but it's like, do haunting. I want something <laughs> this d- grotesque? You know what I mean? Definitely. Oh, it's so beautiful. So. Um, 
Uh, yeah, I mean, what do you give it as a rating? This is a four point five for me. This is a, this is a big one for me. This is a this is a this is a great movie. Yeah, I am matching you with my four point five as yeah. well. This is a good movie, a definite recommend. Um, and I will talk to whoever watches this movie afterwards to mm-hmm. explain to them it doesn't need the meteorite and it doesn't need the cheating. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't need the cheating. I'm fine with the meteorite. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, great movie. I think the meteorite, just to even mention that right here at the end, is important for once again to kind of go back to Americans and the fact that we oh, need yeah. something structured to understand. Just the fact that they to have like this is why it's happening. Yeah, just makes it just much more digestible for, for yeah, people. Yeah, no, but you're right. This is this is cosmic horror done well for anyone to digest. Definitely. So, um, yeah. No. Perfect. Good job, Alex Garland. <laughs> <laughs> um, next week we're going to be talking about the Deer Hunter. Uh, Robert De Niro. The De Niro and what, Christopher Walken? Christopher Walken. Uh, one of my, I think... This is an Ian movie. I've never seen The Deer Hunter. Yeah, this is definitely in my top, I want to say 25. Hell yeah. I don't know about top 10. Uh, that's, that's that's something that's, that I'd have to really think about for a long time. Maybe we'll do a top 10 movie episode too. Yeah. But fun. this is this is a good one. Um, and uh, come back next week. All right, we'll see you all then or we'll see you on another time. Bye, guys. Let me get all the spittle out of my mouth. <laughs> hey, guys, how you doing? Here, let me drink. Let me swish around some washer, watcher, water. water. Where the no. watchers? No, uh, water for the watchers. Who waters the watchers? <laughs> it sounds like I'm doing like a bit. <laughs> uh, this is going to be at the end of the episode.